three, two, one. Welcome back, y'all, to Anyone Can Run, which is the podcast all about cerebral cultivation, a.k.a. establishing our marathon mentality both on and off the race course. I am your host, True Bros, a.k.a. Gabe, a.k.a. the only hotshot gamer who is regularly fueling their training for the NYC Marathon with Mr. Beastburger, and I am an NCCA-certified personal trainer, YouTuber, and sneakerhead who specializes in helping clients reach their health and fitness goals. This podcast covers everything new members of the running community need to know to dominate their first race whether it's a 5K, full marathon, or anything in between. We also discussed how to establish our marathon mindsets, because our journey on the road to Gainesville is just one small part of who we are as individuals. Long-time listeners of our little corner of the internet know I am many things, but a quote-unquote Zen master ain't one of them. I also don't consider myself to be much of a competitive person. However, this self-view is also contingent upon the type of competition we're referring to. We all find motivation in different places, and while I intend for us to have a deep-dive conversation around the concepts of establishing discipline, motivation, and all that kind of fun stuff down the road, for the purposes of today's discussion... I'd like us to focus on the spirit of competition more than anything. I'll never be one of those content creators who says things like, Webster defines competition as blah 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 because I can't stand that and find it to be kind of tacky. But I want you to think about what comes to mind, the first thing that pops in your head when you hear the word competition. For the longest time, As someone who played sports when they were young and has been playing video games for their entire life, competition is a word I always associated with other people and external factors. When I was in college in my first apartment, I shared with a bro of mine and I was waking up early to go to practice for the rowing team I was on, then going to school all day and then going to work all afternoon and then spend hours each night noob tubing kids on Modern Warfare 2 on the 360, I never really felt competitive. Sure, I loved winning in games and whenever we do races or competitions, either amongst ourselves or against other rowing teams, loved that feeling of winning, but something about the necessity of others never really sparked anything in me. Have you ever felt a little fire in your heart or your stomach or your head that makes you want to push harder? That's a feeling I had with me constantly back in those days. And looking back, I associated it with all the interests I had at the time. I recall being in a handful of boxing sparring sessions when I was in college and that I ended up dropping boxing and rowing after a year or a semester or something like that, right? A year and a half, whatever. You know, it felt great to tag someone with a punch they didn't see coming and then dropping them down or to compete in various rowing team competitions. But those weren't the exact sentiments or scenarios that 
I derived utility or satisfaction from. For me, it was always all about me. I found workouts in the gym where I pushed myself hard to be more exhilarating than any sort of competition with others. That's why I ended up leaving the organized team or group sports after, you know, a short period. That being said, this was the period in my life where I fell in love with working out. And I'd find myself in the gym nearly every day, either after classes or whenever I had a few hours to myself. That brings me to the first point of the discussion for today's conversation. What does it mean to you to be competitive? When I had those connotations in my head about competing with others, trying to secure a W or come in first place or what have you, those never really struck a chord with me. What really stuck with me and motivated me to get in the gym or sign up for those sports was that feeling we touched on earlier, that little indescribable fire in your heart or in the pit of your stomach. It's a peculiar thing talking about mental feelings and how they translate to our physical selves, but I'll do my best to articulate this concisely as it was imperative to the beginnings of my marathon mentality. Bear in mind, this was like six or eight years or something before I even considered signing up for my first race. The best way I can describe that feeling is being motivated. It's like when you feel excited, but to me, I equate excitement with anticipation, like I'm sure many others do. However, when you couple those feelings of excitement with my being a bit of a workaholic, that makes me want to get off my behind and actually do something. When it comes to traveling with the wife, and let's say we know we're going to take a trip, I spend the time leading up, deciding what to wear, and planning most of our itinerary. Obviously, that particular example is an imperfect comparison, but that's how my motivation manifests. When it comes to my health and fitness journey, I was chasing a similar feeling, and I got that when I was being productive in the gym, when I felt like I was progressing. And to me, that feeling is what competition is all about. I personally don't need to compete with other people because if we're being honest, how strangers perform compared to me is of no value in my eyes. Now, this is absolutely a personal predilection and isn't a one-size-fits-all approach, but I mention this to give context regarding my perspective towards the concept of competition. Yes, by its denotation, competition is all about measuring your performance against other individuals. However, we are psychomaniacs trying to cultivate a marathon mindset. In my eyes, there's no tangible value to my confidence, my self-esteem, or my performance if I'm constantly thinking about competing with other people, how they perform, how they're doing. None of that has any impact on me or my ability to reach my goals, or at the very least, progress towards my goals. Of course, this isn't intended to sound like we're just islands who aren't empathetic and have no interest in the outside world. That's just asinine. What I mean by this 
is when I think about the concept of competition, I'm solely focused on competing with myself. So, in other words, I'm focused on measuring progress and improving. I evaluate my performance against my goals and then analyze to determine what needs to happen for me to reach them. You may recall from previous conversations where I detailed how when I began training for my first race, and truth be told, when I began exercising regularly back in college, it was similar, but I opted to go primarily for trial and error as opposed to seeking guidance. I've mentioned before how this inhibited my progression as I was oblivious to everything but basic training principles. However, I reiterate this now because if you take that predilection with everything we've discussed thus far, and I think it's easy to see why I view competition as being primarily focused inward and not outward. To me, it's all about improving ourselves both mentally and physically. And while others certainly play a part in that progression, especially if you're, you know, trying to win races or competitions, having those people serve as a measuring stick does nothing for me. Once upon a time, I had a handful of clients, let's say three, no four, who had aspirations of playing college football, going into professional sports. You get the idea. They weren't all football players, but you you get the context. When they came to me at first, they were crazy talented, but they weren't very disciplined or creative. That's understandable, as when you're focused on performing your absolute best in a specific sport, you tend to get a sort of tunnel vision and focus on quote-unquote game day performance, and not necessarily the practice or cross-training which can help you get to the next level. Additionally, While these clients were physically stronger than I could ever dream of being, the mental aspect was something they had kind of overlooked. Our training sessions were obviously centered around improving their ability, their explosive strength, but I also made it a point to converse with them about their mental state, because like we've discussed in the past, the mental health of athletes is something I feel tends to get glossed over. I'll never forget a conversation where I had a bit of a quote-unquote come-to-Jesus meeting, to borrow a phrase from an old co-worker, with one of my kids, or clients. They were like 20 years old, maybe 21, and absolutely shred city, man. But after an hour or so of training, and let's be clear, an hour is typical for most, you know, normal people, but that's pretty much next to nothing when you're trying to get into professional sports. After that first hour, they had a tendency to kind of go through the motions, to lose focus. The gist of the conversation entailed my telling them, while they were talented, I saw an opportunity to improve their discipline and creativity. And they kind of gave me a huh look when I explained or when I mentioned the word creativity. So I explained to them that one of the biggest delineations I saw during my time actively training clients, well, at the time I was training other people at the same time, but I explained that one of the biggest differences I saw was between talent and both creativity and discipline, for lack of a better term. So we got two camps. We got talent on one hand and creativity and discipline on the other. In my eyes, 
a talented person, like the handful of hotshots I trained back in the day, people like my darling wife. They pick things up easily. They're what you call a natural when they take up a new task, whether it be music, drawing, a type of specialized work, whatever. I've no qualms admitting I'm not a particularly talented person. And to compensate for this, I developed creativity and discipline. This is a bit of a tangent, but I find those two concepts, right, creativity and discipline, to be inextricably intertwined. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not the kind of creative who can weave a verbal tapestry you could lose yourself in, nor am I the kind of person who can craft beautiful visuals behind a camera or with an easel and paintbrushes. Nah, nah, nah. My creativity manifests as finding solutions, as rectifying inefficiencies. When it comes to working out, I interpret that as meaning I'm open to trial and error. And while that adversely impacted my personal path on the road to Gainesville when I first began training, after gaining experience and learning training principles as part of obtaining my certification, my creative side has helped me tremendously. It allowed me to take the predilections of my clients into account and to build cross-training plans which they both enjoyed and were beneficial to their primary sport of interests. I know I enjoy the creative process, and I detest most of the stuff I see on YouTube, so I began articulating my views and experiences as part of our conversations here, and I also started making YouTube videos. To go back to our original point, creativity and discipline. The latter of those two concepts likely doesn't need much explanation, but it's something I like to mention because... You see all the time on social media things like always be the hardest worker in the room or rise and grind or whatever motivational idiom you see floating around. At the surface level, it makes sense. The harder you work, the better the result. However, this is where creativity becomes integral. It's a little bit of a story, but for years I was streaming and while I enjoyed it, It never was presented in a manner I was proud of. And this coupled with ill-conceived expectations, given the time investment I was putting in, created a recipe for disaster. An old adage I enjoy is work smarter, not harder. And this was something I had to work through with that particular client. Talent is great and can be refined. But without discipline and creativity, we never reach our ultimate goals of progression and improvement. We need to show up every day, right? We need to be disciplined. However, we also have to be creative or at the very least be willing to adapt when you plateau or reach a point where you feel like you aren't progressing as much as you could or should be. Over the course of our conversation today, we've touched on the definition of competition, creativity, and a few other topics. While we've discussed what it means to be disciplined, I think it's time we shift our focus to something we discuss in the United States nearly every dang day. Work. Just like I asked you to mull over the definition of the word competition towards the beginning of today's episode, I now ask you to ponder the definition of hard work. 
the word work has a plethora of connotations to all of us. But to me, it means production and focus. To me, the end result of work is something produced. This is why I categorize myself as a workaholic. Not because I love toiling away at my job or my career, but because I love the feeling of utility or satisfaction I derive from producing something. To me, adding the qualifying word hard to hard work means adding another level of effort to the focus and production that is your work. I ask you to ponder what the concept of hard work means to you because your definition is likely different from mine. But I think it's fair to say work versus hard work is differentiated primarily by the level of effort one exerts. However, as we just touched on when talking about creativity, it's important when we think about hard work, we aren't just focused on exerting a higher level of effort. Sure, I could lift more weight every time I'm in the gym, and I may feel more satisfied immediately after, but if I'm not following a structured plan and adhering to the standard training principles of progressive overload, then I'm really just setting myself up to get worn out and overtraining. Because of this, when I think about what differentiates work from hard work, it's these two things the level of focus you attribute to something, and your willingness to be adaptive. Motivation makes your internal switch flip and inspires you to make a change. Discipline gets you in the gym or on track to exert effort. Focus is what helps you make the right decisions when you're outside the gym and helps you stay on the straight and narrow. Whenever we begin to encounter negativity, mental fatigue or boredom, or we feel like we're in a bit of a rut, baby, that's where creativity, adaption, and all that kind of good stuff comes into play. If you've ever swung by a live stream, you'd probably heard this at some point, but a joke the bros and I like to say whenever we're putting on a show in the Twitch gym is how we're constantly busting our tails. We like to say, well, god dang, bro, I've been busting my rear end all day, and that's why I'm trying to rack up wins in Apex. I recall one time, we took our joke a step further, and I just asked them, what do y'all think it means to work hard? They gave a few answers, and I jokingly said that it's essentially when you wear yourself down so much you can't even think. Heck, as I wrote the outline for today's episode i my wife is was playing through lego star wars the skywalker saga and i remember she was on endor because i jotted this down i literally just turned around and said honey what do you think it means to work hard and she said it means to give to give it your all investing a hundred percent of your brain power or focus to something and yeah 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 that's how i know i married the right one because she don't listen to our conversations here, and that's not a discussion her and I have ever had. We're always on the same page, even if our perspectives are completely different. To me, hard work is all about the mental component. Sure, if I'm having to bag groceries, and I'm moving lackadaisical, and I'm hardly working, obviously, 
I could physically work harder by moving with a sense of urgency. However, doesn't matter what I'm doing, I am always moving with a sense of urgency. So that doesn't really mean anything to me as the definition of hard work. People tend to misconstrue my moving with urgency as working hard or loving my job or blah, blah, blah. But like I said, that's literally just how I operate around the clock. Believe it or not, when I worked at a grocery store, bagging and retrieving cards from the parking lot was absolutely my favorite task because it's just everything's real scattered and you can just kind of run around and get everything organized and you don't have to deal with people too long. But that's neither here nor there. While there are obviously physical components to working hard, dedicating yourself mentally to something is how we begin the process of working hard and improving in my estimation. It's like when we briefly touched on the difference between talent and discipline slash creativity. If something comes naturally to you, then you don't have to exert much focus or effort to complete the task. As our man DDP Diamond Dallas Page always says, repetition is the mother of learning. And our extension to that is experience is the foundation of confidence. If you want to improve at anything, you need to invest time, effort, and perhaps most importantly, focus. This is another tangent, but you all know our conversations are chock full of those. But in every job I have ever had, regardless if it was in an office, bagging groceries, washing cars, at a retail store, I found the two biggest things I've seen people consistently struggle with are communication and organization slash prioritization. The communication component isn't really relevant to our conversation today, but it's why I always make a concerted effort to converse in the vernacular. I speak like a normal person because I am. It's my genuine hope doing so means my intent behind whatever I'm saying will not be misconstrued, but let's stay on track. I've seen people exert effort in the gym or in their job, but do so in a way I would categorize as not quote-unquote working hard. And this isn't intended as a slight. As we just touched on, when you're crazy talented, you can exert minimal effort and focus, but still produce at a high level. However, this does not result in overall improvement, and our goal as healthy, fit, and self-aware human beings should be to constantly strive for progress in all aspects of our lives. If we're constantly striving for progress, and our definition of competition is inward-focused, then what are we chasing? What are we working towards? Not to get all existential or philosophical, but we all know life is a marathon and not a sprint. When it comes to goals, we should always set goals which are tangible and realistic while also measuring and or documenting our progress. We do this so we can monitor and adjust our training for sure. And of course, this does boost our confidence when we're seeing the raw data of the effort we're exerting while working out. But when it comes to our marathon mindsets, 
this is a lot harder to measure. It's certainly not a hard thing to monitor, because if you catch yourself drifting towards negativity mentally, then do something about it, right? Go for a walk, put on a fun movie, change and replace what you're mentally focusing on. But as far as measuring mental progress or the progress of our mindset overall, that's much more tricky. To borrow another phrase, for years, I was too deep in the forest to see the trees. I was so focused on the end result of crossing the finish line of a race that whenever there was a minor setback in my training, it would cause me to feel mentally like the clock was ticking, like I wasn't progressing. And I'd get the sneaking suspicion that I would be frustrated and disappointed come race day, which naturally turned out to be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. I created so much buildup and anticipation in my head, focused on that one day and the end result, that the process of preparation became an afterthought, something that was necessary, but I didn't actively enjoy. Now, bear in mind, it can take you six months to a year or more to train for a marathon. So that perspective inhibited not just my physical improvement, but my mental resilience as well. And it took me a few years to get to a point where I was both satisfied and proud of the person I saw when I looked at the man in the mirror, to borrow another phrase. Man, I'm, I'm on a roll with phrases and quotes today. I know that all of this sounds high level and cerebral, but let's not forget, I'm just a certified personal trainer and gamer. I'm not a medical or mental health professional or anything of the sort. And nothing we discuss here should be misconstrued as a strict regimen for you to adhere to. Nah, nah. I simply detail my experience and my thought processes to serve as an example to you. The goal is always for you to be able to pick and choose portions which are relevant because I want us all to be confident enough to think critically for ourselves and not just parrot around inspirational word quotes you saw on social media. I mention all this because for years I was working my tail off. I prioritized my training and diet over anything else except, of course, for my family, friends, and career. I was dedicating maximum effort and focus pretty much at all times, but I wasn't really changing things up. I was only grinding away and not taking a step back to sporadically look at the big picture. Especially when we're in a constant state of work and we feel like we're on the cusp of something and we're striving for progression. It's like we mentioned. It can't all just be discipline. We need to get creative and have a willingness to have honest conversations with ourselves, to evaluate the raw data we've spent time collecting, and to get creative if adjustments need to be implemented. Before we wrap up today's conversation, I want to share with y'all what I believe to be the most important aspect of competition. Working your tail off, discipline, being the hardest worker in the room, all that kind of stuff. To take a moment to give you a peek into my overall schedule, 
I have a full-time job. I train five to six times a week. And even though content hasn't been released since May, when the wife and I had family stuff going down, I was still filming, making outlines, thumbnails, and composing conversations here. During that break, I began streaming more and more, given the lack of production required. I have a social life where I spend time with my spouse, my friends, and my family. And I still have time to watch movies like The Rise of Gru. And even though my film reviews have historically been reserved for Instagram post captions, I'm toying with the idea of also doing short video reviews on YouTube. I mention all this to illustrate I'm a fairly busy person like we all are. But I'm organized beyond belief, and I don't even have a semblance of an issue when it comes to time management. My secret to doing all that, to how you, dear psychomaniac listener, can become the hardest worker in the room and outwork everyone is simple. Make sure you buy these cassette tapes for $9.95 for four easy installments, and then you can get everything mailed to you. Ha! I joke. Nah, nah, nah. The real secret is simple. Derive utility or satisfaction from the process. I know that I have a tendency to use the word utility in the economic sense, and I know that can raise eyebrows, so my apologies if I'm coming across as trying to sound like a fancy pants. I just really enjoyed studying economics back in the day, so a bunch of the terms stick in my head. Over the past few minutes, I detailed how For years, I was focused on the end goal. I was disciplined, and I was working my tail off. But when you're spending literal months focusing on one day, then that entire training cycle feels like a slog, and there's too much mental pressure on the race day. So much so, I don't think that there's a conceivable way it can live up to the expectations that I had established in my head. I was working hard, which we've already defined as dedicating all my mental focus and physical effort on the end goal. Sure, I had no qualms with discipline, but this was attributable to my being a workaholic obsessed with production more than anything else. It took me years and I kid you not when I say years, to realize the error of my ways stemmed 100% from my mental approach. And this was the most important lesson I ever learned from my health and fitness journey. This was something that has been invaluable in all aspects of my life. And it's one we've discussed at length before, but bears repeating. We have total control over our perspective, even if it feels like we don't. We all experience natural emotional responses, but it's wholly in our power to decide if we act on them and how we do. We control what comes out of our mouths, and we've the capability to decide what we focus on mentally. I'm far from perfect, but I know in my soul, in my bones, that if you hook me up to a lie detector test, I, this will 100% pass as the truth. I can outwork a majority of people on this planet in most contexts, except for maybe Tom Cruise. You might think that that's random, 
But this dude is an actor who flies planes, tend to do his own stunts, and just turned 60. So, you know, I'm confident enough to know when there's a challenge I likely can't win. And outworking him probably might be it. You want to be a legit psychomaniac and be the hardest worker in the room, regardless of the room you're in, unless old TC is in it? Focus and enjoy the process. It's literally that simple. Dedicate the bulk of your focus and mental efforts to the actual process of progression and improvement. Like we discussed, it's very important to have goals we're striving towards. They serve as the motivational spark and give us something to keep in the back of our mind at all times. While I certainly can't speak to how your mind works, I detailed how I had a tendency to build things up in my head. And that's why I wanted to lay out that example for y'all. Ever since I made the conscious effort to shift my focus towards progression overall, it's been like night and day. Of course, this wasn't easy, nor did it feel inherently natural to me. Like I said, it took me years to actually do this. I am typically focused on results. So to me, that makes the marathon more important than the marathon training cycle, right? I see where that thought process originates from, and I adhered to that for years, but it doesn't track when we're talking about our physical and mental well-being. Shifting our focus to the minutia, making a conscious effort to look forward to our regular training, and not so much to the race or competition itself, was something that, for me, was imperative. And it was something that I still hold in extremely high regard. A few years back, I moved away from lifting heavy weights. And I haven't done any sort of Olympic-style lifting in probably at least 10 years, if not more. I purposely switched the aims of my training to be towards overall health, strength, and endurance as opposed to competitive stuff. And I, and I designed many of my client training plans the same way, even if they were somebody who was trying to go professional. I'd rather feel good after going up and down the stairs a few times and bringing in all the groceries in one trip than being able to lift a heavy barbell and plates. I'm all about function and practicality above all else. But this same mental shift didn't carry over when it came to my running endeavors when I first started. I approached it in a vacuum, which did my mentality no favors. Now that I'm laser focused on my training, race day is just like icing on the cake, as opposed to the big day where I need to prove myself. I feel like I've nothing to prove because I know day in, day out. I'm dedicated to my training, to making intelligent decisions when it comes to food, and to feeling my absolute best both mentally and physically. The best thing I ever did for my marathon mindset, and the decision I made, which has yielded the single largest improvement in my day-to-day mental well-being, was can be found in these tapes for just $9.95. <laughs> no, no, no. What it really was was the effort I dedicate to focus on the minutia, 
the details of my training. I kind of look forward now to scheduling my weekend and free time around my training plan because that helps me feel like I'm focusing on me. And like we say nearly every dang episode, working out is the single most approachable form of self-care we as human beings can partake in. Alleviate pressure on yourself by focusing on the day-to-day. Certainly don't lose sight of your goal, but never forget while you may be working towards something like a race or looking forward to a trip, our ultimate goal as healthy and fit individuals is to be better than we were yesterday. We also want to feel real dang good when we look in the mirror. And I don't know about you, but I feel way more content when I'm dialed in and I know I'm making a concerted effort to take care of me. The way I see it, I'm pretty certain this November is going to be the last time I ever square up against a full marathon. And honestly, possibly the last time I run any sort of distance race. That's not bittersweet, nor is it sad or anything like that. I've proven everything I need to to myself. And I've racked up a lot of miles and medals over the years. There's always another race on the horizon. And there won't always be time with your loved ones to see a movie opening night. To spend a few hours with the bros dominating in Fortnite making dumb jokes. Talking about your interests and streaming for the world to see. You want to be the ultimate competitor? Be the hardest worker in the room and become that by focusing on the process. This is why I truly believe our greatest competition is time. And as such, we shouldn't focus on how we're measuring up against others. It's all about you. This doesn't mean we should become a selfish jerk who has no empathy or isn't considerate of others. And of course, this doesn't take into account, you know, if you're a professional UFC fighter or something like that. I say this because don't forget, balance is the component of my marathon mindset I overlooked consistently for years. We've touched on it before. That's why it's of the utmost importance to me. Our conversations here always emphasize the need for balance. Find your balance. Trust and enjoy the process. And baby, baby, let's get out there and make some gains. I appreciate you spending some time with me today. And I hope you're seeing what I see, that anyone can run. We try to drop new episodes every other workout Wednesday. So make sure you smash that subscribe button. If you've ever got questions or ideas for a topic you'd like covered in a future episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at AnyoneCanRunPod or at TrueBros. If you need more gains, do me a solid and pound that subscribe button on YouTube as I'm typically dropping a video every single Muscle Monday. It also helps when you leave a quick rating and review in your podcast app of choice to help us dominate the charts. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Anyone Can Run podcast. And if you did, don't forget to pound that subscribe button. If you didn't enjoy it well, you get what you pay for. And regardless, I look forward to seeing you on the road to Gainesville.